You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. determine whether or not I spend the rest of my life in prison. Let's start at the beginning. Have you had a nose job? No. Okay, Domino, you're with me on the side. Choco, you cover the rear. Looks like Night of the Living Dead. Absolutely brilliant. As a black Tino woman, I believe we deserve our own race category. Did you just say black Tino? Now that must have more kids than my holy field. There's only one conclusion to every story. We all fall down. My name is Domino Harvey. I am a bounty hunter. Heads you live, heads you live, tails you die. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bledsoe, and this is volume 13 of Unscottable, which is our ongoing series on the films of director Tony Scott. This time we were talking about Domino from 2005. Uh, to help me talk about it, I'm happy to be joined by not just one, but two great guests this episode. Um, first up, I'm happy to welcome back to the show one of the co-hosts of the Blu-ray Boutique podcast, as well as a regular contributor to F this movie. It's Rosalie Lewis. Rosalie, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, having me back, Matt. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you back and talking more Tony Scott. We did True Romance last time, so <laughs> this is very exciting. Um, uh, and like I said, we have two guests. So we also joined by someone who's a first-time guest to the show. Um, very excited to talk to him. Someone I've been dying to talk to forever, specifically on Unscottable. Um, if you're on Twitter, you might know him as TJ Mackey or that Tony Scott guy. <laughs> if you ever tweet anything about Tony Scott, he's probably retweeted you. It's James Coddington. James, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you because uh, I think I asked you a while ago, I was like, do you want to come on? You were like, let me think about it. Um, and then I was so happy when we were talking 
we were, we were talking domino on true romance and you said i would like to go on a domino episode i was like yes please come on <laughs> so now we're here it's happening i'm so excited to have you and i um talked about tony scott with you so um guys i'm excited too <laughs> this is this it's is all good to be here uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so um, yeah i said domino and you know like i told you off air i <laughs> i might be regretting that decision at this point because it is a lot you know so I, we'll I see how it goes. You researching, you research really hard. It sounds like, and uh, you did your stuff. So, but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good time. So, um, so I have to ask you because uh, people on Twitter would know. I feel like you are the number one Tony Scott fan. I don't think that's in, in question at this point. Uh, so, uh, can I ask you about your history with Tony Scott? Were you a fan of him since you were a kid? Did this come later? Like, when did this all kind of start? You can answer that. That might be kind yeah. of a big open-ended question, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, um, I, you know, I, I grew up watching like, so my, I mean, this is kind of weird. I really, I guess it would stem from my mom more than anything, but not like she was a Tony Scott fan, but she was a Tom Cruise fan. So we had Top Gun and Days of Thunder on VHS because my mom had them, not because of me, you know, but (laughs) they were on all the time. Like my mom literally had pictures of tom cruise in her room this is no joke like sometimes you know you forget that your parents were you know we feel like we're like so cool or whatever your parents were always old but thinking back on that i'm like my mom had pictures of tom cruise in her room that's kind of crazy like (laughs) but anyway that's that's kind of where it started and i didn't know who tony scott was you know but i grew up watching those and later in life you know once I started getting into movies like we do and then learning more about them blah 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 I figured out who the director was and just kind of went from there and obviously have followed his career ever since then and you know he's changed a lot and it's been pretty good and that's just where it started but I do have one uh, thing that's kind of I don't know if it's a bombshell or not but oh, okay. he's not my favorite director <laughs> he's my second favorite director oh this might be a bombshell i see rosalie's face i uh well I mean, right now it's, it's not uh, listen i'm a simple simple man and my favorite director is steven spielberg okay so let's just get oh. that out of the I way mean, respectable I, yeah. oh i know but that's like the total like i'm a 40 year old white man thing to say you know or something i don't know you know it just feels so whatever but we are who we are man if yeah. you need to kick me off the show now, feel it's, free. It's fine. No, you're. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's a great. If you're going to have a guy above Tony Scott, I mean, Spielberg's a pretty good, you know, favorite director. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I'm glad people see me coming back. I don't want to say back around Spielberg, but there was a period where I felt like, I don't know, he just wasn't cool, or he was kind of. People were like, he's too mainstream, I guess. You know, because I, I had this conversation with somebody recently about how, especially when you go through like your. I feel like your college years or you're like, I'm getting to film. I'm cool. You, you know, like I'm getting to feel where kind of gets pushed aside. Cause he's so mainstream, but then you get older and wiser and you're like, no, oh, he's just really good at making movies. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I feel I've seen a lot of love for him recently on Twitter. I think West Side story helped. There was some clip that went viral. I think of this amazing bunch of amazing shots in the movie. And everyone's like, Oh yeah, Spielberg's really good. Like you just need a reminder sometimes. So right. yeah, understand a reminder that the guy who made Jaws is really good. It's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> I was just going to say, he made that. Jaws. He didn't have to make anything else to still be like top five director. So I mean, he could have got out, you know, after 93 with Jurassic Park and Chandler's List and had a 
great career exactly. called it a day then um he's making movies i think for fun now so that's you know it's we're all just happy to have them um, they're still better than 99 percent of other people's movies and i mean you're not wrong that and so, but he doesn't probably need you to uh boost him up like no Scott that's, yes, exactly. See, that's you don't need to go around being the spielberg guy plus you'd be probably very busy on twitter if you had to <laughs> yeah, yeah. every time retweet something um but i don't know if you've noticed this because you're a big tony scott guy i, I feel like his reputation has grown a lot over the last few years mm-hmm. specifically i'm which i'm happy sure. about um uh and yeah. I, you know it's good to see um because i think he was just one of those guys that people were like oh yeah he makes action movies or he makes these kind of mainstream blockbusters and mm-hmm. now people are kind of like oh he's just a really great director with a very very unique style which definitely will come up in domino for sure but yeah. um but how I think I asked you before, but you didn't know how long do you think you've been doing the, that the Tony Scott guy kind of gimmick on Twitter? I could call it like, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's the thing is like, obviously, I just kind of, you know, you say he's been coming like back around. People are kind of reappraising all his stuff now, and that's awesome. And I was noticing it too a little bit, you know, even before I started doing the Tony Scott for life thing. And, you know, I kind of just did that here and there randomly a couple of times. And then I was like, you know what? I'm kind of started realizing how much I actually did. Like, you, you were asking, you know, when did I realize I got in? Or he was like, I loved him so much. It was almost, I wasn't even really realizing it until I started doing that more and just kind of seeing little things here and there. And it was just like, it's like, holy crap, this dude's like actually one of my favorite, you know, like yeah, I was yeah. noticing it more and more as I was doing the, tweets and it was like he was just always like oh i love tony scott but not like in any like crazy connected way whereas now i can't even separate you know myself from it anymore it's just like i know i said spielberg's my favorite but honestly that actually might be like it might be tony scott now you know but growing up it was spielberg like that's the person who i knew movies were but i would say that once i did start doing the tony scott for life thing it became Tony Scott you know like it's just kind of fused into me now it's it's very strange and I don't know when I did the first one it was it had to be a couple years ago I'd have to look on Twitter you know and that'd be right some some deep digging but we can do it later (laughs) (laughs) I was like was it pre-COVID or post-COVID I couldn't remember I felt like I felt like you just sprang up one that's how I measure time now is pre and post-COVID starting of like um I felt like popped up one day and I was like oh and then I thought it was like a one-time deal and then it kept happening <laughs> uh, I was like oh this guy's great I feel like you're the kind of person on Twitter everyone's happy to see it's like you're the guy that comes to a party and it's like yeah he's here like um because it's just positivity you're just spreading like love for Tony Scott and that's, well, that's you know nice. you post about other things but I mean you know it's like when people see it's like <laughs> ah because there's so much negativity on Twitter and it's like yes yes there is <laughs> yes that's a whole separate topic but mm-hmm. um yeah you come along it's like listen he's gonna tweet some nice things about Tony Scott. It's going to be great. Um, it probably, I mean, I'm out you like kind of doing the series and listening to a bunch of his like commentaries and just interviews. I mean, he's one of my favorite directors to hear talk about working about making movies. Like that probably sure. helps a lot with the love too, because um, oh, yeah. he's got a very soothing voice. <laughs> it's like that, that mm-hmm. great, the accent and he just, uh, I love the he's way he talks about dude. Like, yeah, he's, I mean, <laughs> he's got great outfits. It's great. I was just going to yeah. comment on his dress. He, he's he's got a very specific style of clothing yes, yes. As always my favorite w- a reselling of that is to go to fanning man on fire stuff but she's like talking about meeting for oh, the yeah. first time and it's to the t what you always think of tony scott she's like his hat he's got the short shorts the vest he got a bunch mm-hmm. of things hanging on his neck it's like yep yeah, that's that's yep. him every time that's i've seen a photo tony. of him 
I see him in like long pants and a shirt, I'd be like, what's going on? <laughs> like, was it negative 30 outside? Uh, but... yeah, you, would, you would have to ask if he was okay. Right. He's going to so, check on is it. Is there something uh, <laughs> we need to get help? <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm so happy to see just love for Tony Scott on Twitter. And uh, it's been great doing this series and people seem to, you know, you know, show love for him and it's great. So um, yeah, it's been great listening to the series. I mean, obviously I, I love everything about Tony Scott. So, you know, having podcasts show up about him too, that's just an added bonus. Yeah. If we were letting you down, I'd be very disappointed. I'd be like, we oh, failed. No, most definitely we... not. No, <laughs> okay, they've good. all been great. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Um, so yes, I'm so glad you're finally here. So I guess with all that. So... I'll be letting people down. This is what's going to happen. Okay, so oh, we waited for this. Like, I'm here and listen to this. Guy. No, they're going to be give that account to somebody else. They're going to be rejoicing on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, so yeah, I mean, we can get here. Uh, talk about Domino now. Uh, we can jump right into that. So uh, Rosalie, I'm sorry, I feel like you haven't got to talk much. So I'll jump to you. So when did you with Domino? I want to know your history. Mm-hmm. Did you first see Domino in the theater? Did you catch up to it later? Um, and what were your first only thoughts on I saw it in the theater. Oh, okay. <laughs> not sadly. Um, I caught up with it only a few years ago, actually. And it's one that I had meant to see a long time ago. And for whatever reason, it just kept getting put off by various things or I couldn't find a copy of it or whatever, when I would be in the mood to watch it. So I sat down and watched it a couple of years ago and I was like, this is a revelation, right? I love Tony Scott. And it felt like both totally something he would do and also a total departure from the other movies I'd seen of his just because of the visual style and, you know, the aesthetic. And yeah, I loved it from the get-go. I loved Kira Knightley. I loved everybody involved with this movie. Um, so to start things off, unsurprisingly, this is a love fest for Tony Scott. <laughs> Which is good. Uh, James, when did you first see Domino? Did you see it in 2005 when it came out? Or did you catch up to it later? Uh, I did see it. When it came out, I did not see it in the theater, but I, you know, uh, friends and I rented it. And uh, I don't think at, at the time I, I was kind of in and out of like caring about movies, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of go through phases. Like, but uh, so I, I didn't really have any. I was like, oh, this is a crazy movie visually. And that's kind of all I thought at the time, because I, like I said, I wasn't really movie guy at the time or like just I wasn't in a movie phase at the time. We'll say that. But uh, yeah, coming back around on it later. You know, it, obviously it's his most extreme, you know, like that's Tony Scott, you know, at 11 going full stop. And yeah, you kind of have to love it. I mean, because you know, well, I say you have to love it. You have to love it if you love <laughs> that type of Tony Scott movie. And I do. And I think it's awesome. And uh, I don't know. I don't really know how you couldn't love it, even if you, I don't know, like, it gets weird whenever you think about like people who are like, oh, this movie's garbage or whatever. And I know it can get tough, like thinking about the technical side and whatever. But on something like this, when I see it, I'm like, well, how can you even like not acknowledge that right up front? That oh my god, look 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 at all this stuff that's going on. Like, there's something there. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not well, you like what's behind it, that's another question <laughs> we can get into. That's the thing that was crazy to me because when I watched it, I had heard mixed things right and it had a pretty negative reputation even though I was like I'm pretty sure I'm gonna like this because it's got people I like in it it's Tony Scott but it was on these 10 worst lists of the year and there were all these you know websites that were calling one of the worst movies ever made and you know that it was just like complete garbage 
So seeing it, I was kind of like, what is wrong with you? And why don't you like fun? Because it's a fun movie. Yes. Why, why do they like hate fun? fun? That's, that's one of yeah. my favorite things. Why don't you like fun? <laughs> How can you hate fun? Um, I should have done what Jinx did on the Man on Fire episode, which was scream the Rotten Tomato score at the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 18%. 18%. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We thought Rough. Man on Fire was bad at 39. 18 is madness. Uh, so... Okay, so this is funny that I'm the only one saw Domino in a theater, apparently. Um, <laughs> and at probably the best time of my life to see Domino Theater, because it was literally the one semester I was at film school, which I joked about in the show that I went for one semester. Nice. <laughs> and it was like so mind blowing. I was already pretty in with Man on Fire the year before. I loved Man on Fire. And I saw Domino in theater and was like, I feel like I went back to the campus like screaming, like, this movie's amazing. This is what. I want to make something like this uh, and nobody else cared. <laughs> like nobody, yeah. like the movie bombed terribly. It's mm -hmm. Tony's like second worst uh, bomb. I think it made, like, I can't remember what, I think, um, God, what made less money? Um, there was one movie. The, the Hunger. It was, yeah, I think just it was The Hunger. the only one that made mm -hmm. less. Yeah, and uh, I cost a good amount. Uh, <laughs> it was like, the critics hated it. I remember, the, the, I mean, the 80% Rotten Tomato score. And I was like, I've just seen something I've never seen before. And at that point, I was like, I've watched a lot of movies and I've never seen anything like Domino. Like, mm -hmm. this is very unique. Um, it's definitely a little, I, it's funny because I love it. So I, it's funny that we have people that really love this movie, I would say, because it is not well-liked. It's funny because, James, I think you just posted about it probably recently. And I think I always see somebody comment that they hate it. I feel like someone always says, like, this movie's garbage or this movie's terrible. <laughs> and always. It's it's weird. It's like a movie that just has such a strong negative, um, like I don't know, like a base to it. People always have to come in and go, that movie's terrible. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and I, 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 it's one of those times when I kind of get it because it's very erratic in some ways. Like, it's there's a lot going on, but that's what I love about it. There's a lot going on. Like, and I guess if that's not your bag, then you're like, this is too much. I, I think people will tune out for a while. There's like there's subtitles flying around. There's different effects happening. There's the story's fairly complicated. Uh, James and I were talking about this a little bit before. I don't want to get too bogged down in the plot because it's a little, it's a little complex. <laughs> like just even a bit. just a bit. And even people have watched it multiple times, like we have. I'm still kind of like, okay, so wait, this person knows this person did this. So, you know, I kind of get there's a lot going on. You might just tune out the noise, but like I just think this is such um a, like an artistic, like playground for tony scott like he talks about it a little in the commentary i think or some interview where he's like talking about because he paints he was really a painter in real life and this was like him just trying to use like different i guess kind of tools in the toolbox kind of in a way like and just like i just know people can't appreciate that like the critics especially like this is not easy to make i think, I think it's a mess but he's doing all these different creative things and they're just like ah it's trash i don't understand <laughs> like it's just very bizarre to me so I don't know. I love this. I saw it. I'm glad that you both love it too. We're in the right place. We are. Well, and we're not completely alone because I was looking up reviews of this movie and I saw that actually Roger Ebert liked it. He gave it a thumbs up. He gave it three stars. Um, and I have to read just a little snippet of his review because I like what he says when he's introducing it. Um, Cause it sounds like it's going to be a pan. Right. And he says, you know, um, Domino is described as having the attention span of a ferret on crystal meth. And that pretty much describes the movie. Um, and then he goes on to say, not many movies have two narrations, one written, one spoken, and not many require them. But 
The damned things has its qualities. And one of them is a headlong twisting energy, a vitality that finds comedy and carnage. So I love that framing of it, of like, this is definitely a dark movie. There's a lot of violence, but there's a lot of humor in it as well. And if you're not willing to kind of lean into that darkness and that humor, you're probably not going to enjoy yourself. But if you're willing to go there, it is like this great, fantastical, manic episode (laughs) in an underbelly of the world that most of us would never see. Yeah, it's a trip. I, it's like, I, this is why I like Roger Ebert, one of my guys. Yes. Um, it's funny when I agree with him, I'm like, yes, Robert, Roger, spot on. But then when I disagree, I'm like, okay, he missed on that one. I, give, yeah. I always give Roger Ebert a pass if I don't agree. I'm just like, okay, we didn't agree. But when he loves something I love, I'm like, yes, you got it. Uh, so I had forgotten he like, I remember, yeah, I forgot he really like, or like this one, give it a, uh, you know, a thumbs up, which is good. I'll take yes. it. So um, um, you, t- you said that, you know, the uh, Rosalie, you said that, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it is funny you know it's mm-hmm. it, and, and they talk about that a lot. you know I, like I said I watched this like four times this last week a couple commentaries everything like so I might know too much about it you know like, <laughs> I, I'm overloaded but you know, they did mention like you know well even I, I think Matt on your last episode with Jinx y'all mentioned briefly Domino you know talking about almost like the satirical side of it you know that people kind of maybe are looking at it too straightforward and not taking it for what it is and like you were saying it's it's funny it's dark it's all these different things and yeah I mean if you go into it and you're just expecting this in this box it's definitely not that and it's not what anyone was probably expecting so you can you can definitely you know you can understand people's issues with it at the time I guess but like even you said Matt in regards to the technical side, like if a critic's watching the movie, it's almost like they'll say uh, how stylish Tony Scott is in every review. They always say, oh, it, technically it's great, but it's a piece of garbage. Like it's like <laughs> every time they always like brush up on that, like, oh, well, this is like a masterfully made film, but it's also just a piece of crap. But it's just so <laughs> weird that they won't ever. So I don't know. I don't know where the disconnect is really in that, but. I feel like the disconnect, maybe this is just a theory, <laughs> is because of the Richard Kelly script. Because Richard Kelly um, is very alienating as a screenwriter. I love Donnie Darko. I actually also love Southland Tales. I don't know that there's too many of us. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with that. Yeah. Defend that movie. <laughs> yeah. Good to see him in good company. <laughs> um, you know, people have critiqued Richard Kelly's. Um, screenwriting as juvenile or like I read one review that said he's like a guy in college that just took his first pot brownie and now he thinks he has all these profound thoughts and (laughs) that is okay I get it like I can hear where you're coming from but these are thoughts I'm enjoying so I don't mind (laughs) he's the guy that that maybe does the drugs that I'm too afraid to myself (laughs) and I get to watch him and enjoy from a distance vicariously (laughs) he I mean yeah his his stuff tends to be a little messier Richard Kelly um when it works it like really works I mean Donnie Darko's like I I think it still holds up Southland Tales is like a mess that but a mess that I love like it's 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 just wild like it's so sprawling it's so crazy um the funny thing was that that Tony Scott had this dominant the domino where it's like for eight years or something um maybe even longer um and they couldn't find anyone to do it he really couldn't find mm-hmm. the right screenwriter so it's funny that Richard Kelly finally comes along and like 
Tony Scott's like, yes, we got it. Like, it's like, yeah. this is the script. And it still took him all to get, after Man on Fire is a big hit, he still really couldn't get this finance very easily. New Line kind of swooped in and, and helped out and put it out. But uh, it just, it was weird because like, it seems like uh, you got Tony Scott, you've got a pretty amazing true story anyway, before you even put all the extra, you know, mm-hmm. uh, stuff on it. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I like Richard Kelly for the most part, but I get, again, why he's kind of, people might get pushed away because he tends to do a lot, I will say. <laughs> yeah. He's not one to um, edit himself too much. No, no, not at all. That's... Which I think is a good thing. But if yeah. you're looking for a pared down script, this is not your guy. No. <laughs> if you want a pared down script, go to like The Driver or something like that. You're not going to go with a Richard Kelly. Um, but I think that it's a match made in heaven with these two because they both go over the top and they both have their own style and they're not afraid to try something new or look a little crazy. And that's why their movies are so fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about Richard Kelly, honestly, like it's convoluted and, you know, the non-linearity and whatnot in Domino, it, it might actually make the most sense out of all Richard Kelly's movies if you actually oh, yeah. <laughs> took each piece and laid it out in the right order like Girl. it's the only one that's probably 100% oh yeah we can go from here to here to here to here and make it to the end and it all play out right but yeah I think the non-linearity really does get to people and it, like I said I've even watching it over and over and over this week it's like it throws you for a loop I mean because it does bounce back and forth and they talk about it in the commentary a little bit, you know, having her voiceover narration and Richard Kelly brings up making sure that it's during the past or the future, you know, that way you're not confused and it's still confusing because mm-hmm. you got to watch it the first time to, even, you know, get that. So yeah, even it might, they might've bit off a little more, but you know, <laughs> I was there for it. I'd rather watch a director, I guess, and a writer too, take a big swing and it might not completely work than just kind of play it safe. That's why I think I like Tony Scott in this period because I feel like he's just like swinging for the fences. I feel like mm-hmm. he's pulling out everything he's got and he's just like, I'm going to try all this stuff. And I mean, I think Domino, I, I think it's definitely the the peak of his stuff because I, I mean, on fire, it's it's pretty much there, but Domino he takes it up and he says himself takes up another kind of notch. Now, Deja Vu is still pretty crazy, but comes down a little bit, I feel like. But Domino is just like, it's just everything. Like, he's just throwing every tool at you and every trick. Like, we took the subtitles. The He's using the hand crate cameras a lot. He's using all this crazy editing stuff. I mean, he's just doing all these crazy things. And uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I think I made the point on Man on Fire. I may have, I can't remember. But I the thing I got after like, Dom, for a while of watching Domino was like, oh, I feel like I had to get some distance he's really satirizing that time period of mm-hmm. the early mid two thousands because like reality TV was so big. Like after survivor, I feel like broke, everybody had to have a reality TV show mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, and like, there's so much that in domino, they get their own reality TV show. The part right now where Monique goes on Jerry Springer is on them watching <laughs> like, um, yeah. and I feel like it's such a parody of that time and like a satire of how, ridiculous that time was and it's a kind of an ugly time for pop culture i feel like it's yeah. it's not it's not a pretty time for like yeah, it's some not of a high the point worst of... music is coming out <laughs> some of yeah. not great music videos like really dumb trashy tv yeah you're like, right it's and i feel like that's all in the movie but you need this that is hard to see in 2005 you need like mm-hmm. good amount of distance and i look back and i'm like because it's kind of hard i don't 
the two thousands, I feel like are a little bit harder to find like the eighties, nineties, seventies are all very definable. And, but two thousands are a little bit more, I don't know. They're kind of weird. You can't, but I, the reality TV shows are just I, there. They're just there. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. we're in this weird post nine 11 world. We're in these wars in the middle East. Things are kind of ugly. There's so much like, yeah, reality TV junk. Like it's just like it's a real trashy era for like culture. I feel like, mm-hmm. and Domino kind of captures that in a way, which I don't know how much they were trying to do that. I mean, I definitely know Richard Kelly talks about. I mean, he wrote some of these scenes specifically making fun of stuff that was happening at the moment, so he knew mm-hmm. like how ridiculous culture was. But I think it plays even better fifteen plus years later because you look back and oh, that was the mid two thousands. Like yeah, that's the time. Yeah. <laughs> It has a very specific look, and I feel like even just seeing the screen come up on my DVD of the menu, I'm like, oh, we're back. We're back in the 2000s now. <laughs> like, the overprocessed color and the, you know, harsh yellows and the, like, flashy, you know, moving around editing, and it was all, you know, all shaky cam. I do think he was doing that, like, both because he wanted to try it and because he was like, all right, let's kind of show people what they've already been watching and eating up and acting like it's great, but we're going to do a movie version of it that's like both the thing and spoofing the thing. Yeah. Then he also wanted to do it the best. Yes. <laughs> so, exactly. like, you know, he's like, all these people are doing these things, but I'm going to actually do them good. Yes. <laughs> well, and that's obviously you know, subjective or whatever, but I believe. Yeah, I think we all think he did it well. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, he, I mean, he just did, he just used everything. I feel like this one was like, the creativity was boundless on Domino. He's like, I'm going for it. And he, I know he'd been practicing with some crazy stuff on the commercials. I mean, I love that, like, Mm -hmm. there's always sort of Tony and Ridley were doing commercials, which I think some directors almost might think are beneath them when they reach a certain level. But Mm -hmm. it sounds they love to use them to just go experiment and do stuff. Like, uh, I know um, for this, I think specifically Tony said he did, Oh boy, he did the beat the devil um BMW commercial. It was BMW, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there was something else for this one. I'm totally blinking on what it was. It's like a really <laughs> I was like, that's the product that got you to um oh, yeah, was... are you talking about the marble ads? The marble ads, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. these like, European marble ads because yeah, cigarette yeah. ads weren't allowed in the US. So right. he's like, I'm gonna do cigarette ads in Europe and just try all this crazy shit. Like <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, um, boy, what a great, like never, never stopping to try to evolve his style. Like, I mean, some directors just kind of they kind of become the thing and they don't push themselves. Like he, this Tony yeah. Scott was not the same Tony Scott from the, the mid eighties, like, or even no. the mid nineties. It's not even the same. You know, yeah. And you, you kind of, you were talking about, you know, him kind of like starting. Uh, I think I might've mentioned this on one of your other podcasts. Like, I feel like that little curve he did, or like it, it kind of started with enemy of the state really where he starts doing all his, he's starting to try new things and kind of push the boundaries of his filmmaking and, you know, techniques and everything in enemy of the state, you know, they're doing all that, the, the satellite imagery. Oh yeah. yeah. The, the cool, that cool stuff. And then spy game kind of uh, almost just like a continuation of that really in a way, but and a little bit of nonlinearity that ties into Domino, but not as much. That's more just like flashbacks, but you know, like you said, beat the devil into man on fire and then Domino's like the peak, basically, mm-hmm. you know, like totally blown out all all the way. And then he kind of goes back down, you know, like Deja Vu is still there, but it's actually even like to me a little less crazy than Man on Fire. 
Oh yeah. In terms yeah. of all like the crazy technical side and stuff. I'm not that he's not doing some stuff, obviously. Right. I mean, that car chase scene alone. <laughs> oh my know, god, that car chase others. scene is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But and then taking a pellet one, two, three, and unstoppable. It's you know, it's like kind of like this little nice little hill he that's how I've always imagined like this like kind of curve where it's like it's going up, it peaks mm-hmm. a domino, it comes starts coming back down and kind of levels out again with like taking a pellet one, two, three, and unscottable, which still look great, do some kind of crazy stuff but it's it's nowhere near i think as frantic as yeah. man on fire at top no, so yeah it's like he toned it down he figured out what worked and what didn't work and you know i, I, I part of me maybe thinks you know the the the, the bomb like the, the unsuccessfulness of domino maybe you know did something in, in his mm-hmm. mind where he's like well yeah. maybe i need to start reeling it in and you know of course those next movies and like a lot of people think unstoppable's his best you know and I, I wouldn't argue that if you think that because it's it's a great movie it is a great movie <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i know a lot of people like deja vu which i feel like was yeah. kind of a sleeper tony scott oh, movie i love deja vu I, so I, I love deja vu i really like it i'm starting to wrap my head around deja oh vu. hey do you love deja vu <laughs> it's definitely another one of those movies you know i i feel like now as we're talking through them i'm like Tony Scott does make a fair number of movies where the first time I watched it, I had no idea what the hell was going on. It was like, <laughs> I'm in it. I'm liking it. It's fine. Yeah. Now I, I feel like I need to go back and see them. Like Deja Vu definitely was like that for me. And now like Domino, even though I just watched it again, I was like, I'm still not quite sure I could tell you who does what in the yeah. whole. Yeah. Things, but I'm enjoying myself. Right. It, it, gets, <laughs> it gets crazy in there. It gets real crazy. And it's hard. I mean, they even try to help you. I know in the commentary they mentioned even doing some stuff like boxes where they literally show you boxes connecting people, which oh, I'm yeah. like, you know what? Yeah. Helpful because I'm a little lost. So thank you guys. Yeah. It's right. Like helpful. But even that still isn't enough. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. But thank you. Exactly. Thank you for trying. Thank you for the attempt. An interesting visual attempt at kind of helping you connect the dots because even they, I mean, Richard Kelly and Tony Scott both admit like, yeah, it's a bit convoluted. I mean, they, they're right. not, they're not like pretending like, Oh, you guys will follow this. It's super simple. Like, no, no, no. It's like, this is it's a little bit complicated. Um, yes. Yeah. It, but some of the best movies are right. Like the big sleep, even the writers have no idea. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. People died or like exactly what happened to somebody, but we still say that's a classic. So mm-hmm. not this. And, and it, it might, that, that might be part of on, Honestly, like, you know, the reason people don't connect with it, though, is that if you don't like one of those two things or you like, you know, sure, it's confusing and convoluted. And then if you also don't like that visual style and the kineticness, then you're definitely not going to like the movie. Right. Because right. then you're just not even attached to anything. So, right. Then yeah. you're just you're out completely. <laughs> like, I'm yep. pretty sure that when I saw in the theater, I probably was not following the story very well, but I was so into the style and so so like excited by what i was seeing because like again i really had not seen anything like it besides man mm-hmm. on fire <laughs> and i'm like and i'm like no one is making movies like this and i'm watching this again now and i'm like again no one is making movies like this and i know oh. and people may not believe him but i, I believe him because tony's always for man on fire and this he's like well i did these things for a reason it wasn't just to like be cool you know it wasn't right. like he it was to because this story is like obviously based on a lot of um there's a kernel of truth or there's kernels of truth in this, but they took a lot of liberties, which I love. They tell you at the beginning based on true stories, sort of, you know, sort of, and yeah. they're very open about like, you know, this is based on a real person, but we're, this whole thing is kind of, you know, and, uh, and Tony's telling it like in this fractured way, because it is called this crazy story they made up. And there's obviously Domino Harvey had a lot of like, you know, drug problems. I think Tony said, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, this feels kind of drug fueled or like a fever dream, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, there's literally a part that, 
It's like a the drug, mescaline the mescaline <laughs> section, which is amazing. And I was so, I heard Antonio in the commentary say it was almost cut for budget reasons. I'm so happy. Oh, wow. Yeah. That so it, wasn't. it wasn't. Yeah. Thank God it wasn't cut because I think it's like the thing that takes it to this, this other level. Cause I'm like, wow, this is doing something I did not expect now. <laughs> like to make it even crazier. It's already a crazy movie. And you get that when Tom Waits drives in and <laughs> it feels completely tripped out. And you're like, what movie am I in? I love this. I don't know what's going on, but like, I mean, just amazing sequence. And he was like, almost got cut for the budget. I was like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> like um, probably still would have been great, but I love that sequence just takes it. Like, it's funny because the movie being like the peak of him going crazy. I feel like that sequence is like the mm-hmm. peak of the peak. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like that because he even says like, I'm really trying to get the feel of some people who are on mesk. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I haven't taken it myself, but sure. Seems accurate. Seems good. <laughs> like, yeah, right. It's crazy enough. Um, it's that's one where he's using the like, I, you know, he talks about it and I, I was shooting at like six frames a second, you know, yeah. or whatever. And it's like the cross processing and all that. It's just it all adds to that it is great mm-hmm. and you talked about uh you know him doing it with man on fire yeah the shooting like that to you know show the way that denzel's mind was you know fractured or whatever and so mm-hmm. the camera and all his technique was supposed to match that and yeah it does it in domino too like it's wild it's crazy well yeah, the visuals are too yeah just yeah. makes sense <laughs> right. Yeah. I did feel like it was very effective at putting us inside of the character Domino's mind and how it seems like she operates because she does feel like a very frenetic person who may or may not be on substances. We're not sure over the rest of the movie, although, you know, we know the, the real life person struggled with that a bit. And so, yeah, I felt like it was trying to put us in her mind frame of how all chaotic, you know, the world was, which is probably why she was bored with doing anything but these very high stakes <laughs> situations. She needed that constant stimulation. So that's what we get in the movie because we're seeing it from her point of view. Yes, that's very well said. <laughs> that uh, I was going to mention too, and I was funny because I was reading, listening to Tony talk about this and it's like, of course he's drawn to the story of Domino because he, reading about him, it's like, he's clearly such a- she is him. She's him. Yeah, it's like such yeah, 100%. a thrill-seeking, adventure-seeking person. Like, Tony was constantly putting himself in dangerous situations and, like, sounds like he just loved it. Like, the, the Man on Fire story where he, like, they almost got killed and he's just, like, laughing. Like, ah, oh, what a time that was. I'm like, what? <laughs> Tony, we're very yeah. different because I would be traumatized forever. Right. And she, Domino, in real life, was doing, kicking down doors with shotguns because that was a thrill to her. Like that was exciting. Well, what's on the other side of this door? Um, which then we capture that very well. If it's not an accurate true to life story, I feel like it captures like dominant. This girl was like looking for adventure and she was trying to just live her own life. And she was bored with all this other stuff. Um, which I think comes across very clearly. in the movie. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, like you said, you said he went, you know, almost died on man on fire. He did the same thing in Domino, you know, those, mm-hmm houses that they go to you know he mentions that those are real gang members like they used mm-hmm. the real gang members in the movie like you know, so <laughs> tony being tony right like he's like oh i just went and you know met the 18th, 18th street gang or whatever and asked them if they wanted to be in this movie and had to show wow. them this and that and the other and blah 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 and it's like they're in the movie like that's who she's doing the lap dance on you know like these actual gang members wow no big and- deal they're good in the movie too. I was like, they are. Kids. Well, very convincing. These guys now I know good. why. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are good. Um, they're not put on a show. They're just, I guess, being themselves. I don't know. <laughs> like, right. They seem, 
very natural. And there was a another thing where Tony went on like a ride along with a real bounty hunter before the movie, and they rode in some pretty rough neighborhoods in mm-hmm. Southern California, I believe. And I think there was actual gun battles that ensued. And yeah. I think that Tony even said that one made him nervous, which I'm like, oh geez, that was really like. <laughs> well, if, if he's it, scared, I definitely if, don't want any part of it. <laughs> if he's scared, I'm like, how close were the bullets? Because mm-hmm. like right. right next to him. Um, when I read that, I was like, well, he was scared of this one. Oh my god, that must have been really intense. So. Um, <laughs> He just, I was just wondering, this makes perfect sense for him to do the story because they're like the same person. I think there was, uh, it's weird because I was talking to James, I think before we started recording about like, it's definitely, Tony in the commentary mentions like that he knew uh, the stepdad, I believe of the real life Domino. And that's kind of how mm. he knew about her and knew her story. Uh, doesn't come up in the book and like, a lot of the readings, but he says that, that, that he knew the guy, um, Peter Morton, I believe is his name. Um, that's her, her stepdad. And uh so he kind of was familiar with the story on like a personal level. And kind of he, the way he talks about Domino is very nice in the commentary. Like, I feel like he genuinely cared about her. And mm-hmm. um, at the end, it's like when it's wrapping up and, you know, so um, which I appreciate too, because I didn't know there was that personal connection before I started kind of doing the research for this. And um, it is sad because she, she died, I think three months before the movie came out, the real life Domino yeah. of, of drug overdose. And she'd been to rehab many times. And that's always sad. It's like someone is trying to get help and it doesn't work out. And um and yeah, but clearly he has like a love for her, I think. And um, I think it comes through. And that's the point. I think everyone thinks movie is just so crazy and violent. And it's like, well, there's a there's a heart to it. Even the, and Tony Tony thinks movie's about just trying to help that kid. I think he had like a little, he was saying like, really it's about just trying to help that Monique's uh, granddaughter is like the real right. end of the day, like story, which kind of gets lost. People talk about this movie. It's like, there's a, there's a heart to it. So yeah, I noticed that more this time because I've recently seen Ambulance. I don't know if you oh. have seen that, but same kind <laughs> yeah. of I know that story it. too, just, right? Little, mo- yeah. little uh, family, you know, that one of them needs surgery. In that case, it's the wife, I think, not the child. But still, you know, that motivates the whole heist. And it was like, well, you know, we're almost 20 years later. We're still dealing with the same shitty health care. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought about that too this time. I was like, oh shit, the healthcare is not any better at all. <laughs> like, yep. No, no, Domino is still relevant, sadly. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, oh man, we're still talking about that. So um I do want to ask, I'll really ask you, Kira Knightley is Domino. Your thoughts. <laughs> so I love that she went from Pride and Prejudice to this. <laughs> like you do not have a harder kind of immediate abrupt shift in the types of character portrayals as to go from a Jane Austen movie to this movie. And I love that for her. Like she was, you know, really at the height of her popularity because she'd come off of the first Pirates movie, which was a humongous hit. Then she does Pride and Prejudice, which is like a huge period drama, you know, had Oscar buzz, all of that. And then she's like, all right, I'm going to take my new clout and I'm going to go make a Tony (laughs) Scott movie about a bounty hunter who's like, you know, basically nihilistic and crazy. I love it. I think she embodies the character pretty well. Um, I've also read negative reviews of her, but I, again, don't know what they're smoking, like whatever. Um, (laughs) She also like wears the fashions of the mid 2000s pretty well, I think. Like not everybody could really pull off the look that she does, but she doesn't make it look like a costume. Like she looks very comfortable in that whole, you know, low riders and like all the, the whole ensemble she has to wear. I think she always looks like she's having a great time. And um, yeah, I, I love that. I think, you know, her character has a difficult kind of needle to thread of being 
this hard ass, like tough chick, but also having a tenderness and a, a vulnerability that just barely peeks through at times. And I feel like she strikes that balance very well. Agree. James, your thought on Kira Knightley is Domino. I, do. oh, I, I think she's perfect. Um, <laughs> our friend Patrick Bar- Bromley uh, oh, recently yes. <laughs> posted that she should be in more action movies using a gif of Domino. <laughs> so, you know, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's a, yeah, I think she's awesome in it. And uh, I kind of backtracking a bit. You're talking about their domino just in real life you know there's a there's a special feature on the domino blu-ray that i actually for some reason i guess i'd missed it the last time i checked it out and it's just a little short biopic uh on her oh and cool. it, i guess they did it like yeah and they did it they did it right after she died but like i mean it's 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 great and there's just, you know there's a little clip with her and kira and like you know she was the real domino did have a british accent and stuff like this so even those little things like can't matter i don't know if that ever got brought up in any reviews or not but i think like i feel like it probably could have you know but, right uh, uh i don't know I, I think she's great but uh i'm glad you're here rosalie kind of too because you know you're talking about um her she's you know female lead this movie yeah uh how does that like any like female uh you know i like the lap dancing they yeah. talk about it a bit which i actually like they mm-hmm. they richard kelly was pretty concerned about that scene like he brings it up that he doesn't want it to you know come off in any like crazy like he specifically mentions american pie he's like right. i don't want it to be like misogynistic <laughs> blah, blah 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 we got to make sure that we know that this is like why she's doing this you know I'm glad you're here so I can see like what you think you think (laughs) we're able to do that you know like I think so so I was really watching it more with a mind to how she's portrayed in that way this time when I watched it because the first time I was just like all right I'm gonna see Keira Knightley kick ass (laughs) and this time I was paying more attention to things like how she shot in the lap dance scene or even when she first goes to the bounty hunter seminar and we see the guys like ogling her and making lewd comments and stuff and I felt like it's portraying the male gaze. And so we do see some stuff like from that angle, but it's still very much her in control of the situation all of the time. And so like the lap dance scene, it's her idea. She's owning it. It's her way of taking the power back in that room. And it could have gone super sideways, like she mentions, but she's like, look, I'm going to use the assets that I have and I'm going to quickly think on my feet and this is going to work. So I really liked that. I feel like you know, it gave her that that power and that kind of confidence to just move in those spaces that were very male dominated and kind of take people off guard because they weren't expecting her to be this kind of powerful person, but also have that sensuality and have, you know, some of those feminine wiles. So I liked seeing that portrayal. I did, again, see reviews that were like, oh, this is like exploiting her, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't think Kira Knightley is going to sign up for a movie she doesn't want to do. So unless she comes out later and says that they were like bad to her on the set, I feel like this is totally fine. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I think sorry. it's that's okay. I think it's been so long. We would have heard if she had a bad right. time. Or was I feel like yeah. she would have told us by now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, this is, I'm glad you brought this up, James. I'm glad that, I, that we're having you here for this one specifically too, because I want a female voice for Domino. I mean, it's a female lead character, which mm-hmm. Tony's done. I mean, I guess True Romance kind of a co-lead, but the last time we talked about 
Patricia was getting the shit beat out of her by James Gandolfini, which was not a fun conversation, but it was like, we kind of had to talk about it because it's a rough scene. It's a rough thing. And the way you described the whole lap dance sequence is how I've always thought about it, but I didn't know. I'm a guy, so I don't know. know, Was I I thinking about it the right way? I feel like she just sees her in a bad situation and like like was like I, I don't see any other way out of this i'm just gonna take over right. and i can i can use this to my advantage you know so um use all these guys who were looking at me like all right well i'll just distract everybody and we'll get out of here without right. being killed so that's how i've always taken it so i'm i'm glad i was like i think i was on the right path there. yeah so, I'm, on, right. I'm on the right side my brain's not crazy okay, yeah, so. yeah i'm not yes. crazy right like exactly. sometimes you don't know it's like you're like am i thinking of this right but uh um yeah because i mean the whole thing i think it's just her you know in the whole movie, it's like her finding her own path and doing her own thing and doing what she wants to do. And I, I feel like uh, I don't think it's exploitative. I mean, the whole the whole scene when she walks into the bounty hunter meeting is about how those guys react to her. And it's, of course, going to be very like, you know, guys like eyeballs popping out of their right. head. It like... seemed realistic. I'm not right. going to lie. That seemed realistic. But again, I think it was necessary to like acknowledge the elephant in the room that like, here's this hot girl walking into a room full of rough dudes that some of them have been to prison and blah 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 and you know maybe they don't have the most progressive attitudes towards women um so yeah I think it had to acknowledge that in a way and I was glad that you know it did so but it also moved on and I mean I while people might be like oh male gaze blah 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 I think the way that this movie looks at Edgar Ramirez from her perspective (laughs) is a perfect kind of counterpoint to that right because it really lingers on him and his body and his face and his hair and yeah he's like a dreamboat so I get it <laughs> the movie was totally shot from like the straight male perspective I don't think we would have gotten all those lovely shots of Edgar yeah I believe Tony mentioned that in the commentary that that scene specifically where mm-hmm. Edgar Ramirez is changing in the laundry the uh laundromat yeah. uh and I can't remember what he says about it exactly but yeah I feel like it I don't it is funny because I've seen both that that gif out about yeah, that's kind of like her her gaze on him that exactly. in that it's like they turn it around yeah um there's so much chemistry between the two of them too i don't know like Kieran knightley and edgar ramirez i feel like there's a i'm not sure it's going to turn they they say love i'm like this feels like a mm-hmm. just a sexual tension like we got to have sex but, but right. there's definitely a heat there between the two of them so um important for that reason too and yeah it kind of balances out like the the lap dance parts like well here's something for the ladies yeah so, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's he's he's pretty great. I think they discovered him. He'd been doing nothing like Venezuelan like stuff, TVs and mo- TV shows and movies, and they found him kind of out of no. He'd never done anything yeah. in America before. Yeah, I think and this they, was his first. Yeah, movie. yeah, they just plucked him again. This is like I think I've said in every episode on Scottable, but Tony Scott being so good at casting people, <laughs> like, yeah. and this is another one. It's like top to bottom. It's like everybody like Christopher Walken walks on is this ridiculous. TV producer that just cracks me up. <laughs> like, I'm having a font problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh in a whole great. different mode than Man on Fire. He's like, yes, so serious and like gives like some of the coolest lines about, you know, uh, Creasy be death and all this stuff. And then in this one, he's like this goofy reality TV show producer, and it's still so funny. Mina Savari with her little part as like assistant. Like, oh, I was so happy to see her pop up. I was I, too. <laughs> I loved her since the American Pie days. So. Yes, two mentions of American Pie. So, secret American Pie podcast, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> stealth American Pie podcast. Uh, I mean, yeah, so I'll, I'm glad we all love Kira Knightley. I agree. It's funny. I love it. was so funny because, yeah, Patrick probably posted that 
gif of her saying she'd be an action star. And that was, I think, right after I teased this episode and said there was a special guest. I think somebody asked me like, wait, is it Patrick Brown? <laughs> I actually thought that because I saw him post and I was like, is he on here too? <laughs> Spring that one on now you, that Russell. Been, yeah. That everybody like, surprise. Uh, it was just so funny timing because I was like, oh, that's yeah. so weird. Like we're doing Domino next and he randomly posts this about, about her. Um, he's right, by the way, because uh, I don't know how much other, has she done other action stuff ever this? Did I miss something? Well, I mean, uh, arguably I the other Pirates movies do have a that's true. Yeah, action, but not like to this extent or of this kind of type but i feel like she should definitely have like a charlie's kind of career and she doesn't so i would love to see that for her um i love seeing her pop up whenever she does but she doesn't just have to do like period pieces i think she can do a lot right. more cool stuff like this yeah i'm totally sold near the end when she pops up with those two guns i'm like you should be an action star what do we do yes. i'm like this is awesome like i want to see more action movies um so yeah, I, I wish she was in more stuff like that. I can't, man, I feel like I haven't seen her much lately. And now I'm like, what has yeah, she been Yeah, I'm looking in? at her movies right here. And that's, I, I, honestly, when Patrick posted that, I was going to say she just needs to be in more stuff in general. But well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's made a couple of movies, but nothing big. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know these movies. <laughs> she was in, I, I'd heard about this movie called Silent Night, which was like a Christmas horror movie. It came out like late last year. And I think it was like kind of a last night on earth scenario. So I kind of avoided that because I hate those kind of movies. So it's like, oh, the world's going to end. And I was like, oh, no, thanks. Uh, I, I right. like it here nightly, but I'm out. Um, yeah, I'm good. You would think, yeah, I feel like things since 2017 have been kind of slow. Yeah. Because that was the last Pirates movie. Yeah, I don't know. She should work more. Yeah, definitely in general. Action movies, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of her. I know a lot of people... Um, in, men and women think she's very attractive in this movie. Yeah. I was like watching this like, oh, this really set up my type for a couple of years. Like, 100%. I mean, watching it, I was like, man, if I had seen this in 2005, I definitely would have gotten that haircut for sure. <laughs> and I'm watching it now, I'm like, do I want to change my hair color? <laughs> it's, yeah, she's definitely somebody to both emulate and, you know, just, yeah, she's fun to watch because she always looks like she's having a good time on screen, so. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, she's she's, <laughs> she's so good. They, they got two very beautiful people, you know. <laughs> that they did. That they did. And I was wondering, you know, I was looking at Tony Scott's filmography, right? And his last five movies, he worked with Denzel for all but this one. So I was, mm -hmm. I didn't listen to the commentary, but you guys did. Was he ever in consideration for this movie? Do you know? I don't think so. It didn't. It wasn't mentioned. Yeah, it was not mentioned. Yeah. I don't know where he'd fit in this movie. I don't know I mean, where he would fit either, but it was just kind of a quick thought experiment because I was like, this one has a really deep bench, right? So it would be interesting <laughs> yeah. to see if he did. Um, but no, I love the cast for this movie. Besides the, you know, Edgar Ramirez of it all, who is, you know, as we talked about, a beautiful person. <laughs> you know, Mickey Rourke got to be in this movie and I felt like his character was really good. It really built on that whole like Mickey work comeback story of the mid 2000s. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Another repeat from Man on Fire. had sort of too. been out of the spotlight, mm -hmm. so. The Mickey Rorcassance of the, <laughs> the mid 2000s. Yes. Yeah, coming off Man on Fire, like Christopher Walken. Um, I was liking Mickey Rourke's like work around this time because he he was in it, three years in a row, movies I really liked. Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and Man on Fire and Domino. I was like, Mickey Rourke's back, man. Oh, since yeah. he's in there in 05. Yeah. Um, yep, I was like, yeah, this is... And then the wrestler comes and gets an Oscar. I think he got an Oscar nomination, but didn't win, right? Was that the... 
still makes no sense why you win the Oscar. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was, I was like, yeah, Mickey Rourke's back. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think. Even, like, Orlando. Yeah, don't Orlando. Orlando. Oh my God. He's always good. Always, always good. good. Uh, I could have used more of him, to be honest. I mean, this yeah. is too many people in the cast to focus on everybody, <laughs> but I really enjoy every time he's on screen. Yeah, he's he's so good. Um, again, should have been nominated for Defy Bloods, but they messed that one up. Uh, should have won for that so movie. I was so upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad too. Like I can't remember. It was that one and Tony Collette for Hereditary. Two people. I was like, yes. I did not even nominate them. Like this is insanity. No. Um, he's so good. I think Monique kills it in the part she has. Oh, she's like so good. I believe he talks it's about so it. funny. So funny how she improved a bunch of stuff. I think on that whole Jerry Springer set. I think I remember yeah. saying that the flow chart, man. I was. <laughs> I have a question about the flow chart scene. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, how do y'all feel about that scene as well? Uh, that's just—I just wonder. I'm I, curious. Yes, I, could I, be. Do I, maybe I shouldn't even ask that. I don't want to okay. get us any kind of. No, weird. it's okay. fair. It's a good question. Maybe we're the wrong people to ask. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I, I think at a, there's a time I was kind of thinking, oh, this probably is an age well, but it's it's such an over the top like satire of that time that I think it plays okay because. I think they're just, I think Richard Kelly says specifically that that was meant to be like an over the top, like ridiculous thing of, of how, you know, like some things were at that time or something like that or TV shows. Like, and I mean, I think Monique didn't add a bunch of stuff to it anyway. I think like a bunch of stuff was like her improv. So, um, I mean, I'm okay with it. I could definitely see somebody would not be cool with it. It's not quite PC, but I mean, it's so ridiculous. I feel like it's meant to be just on its face, like so ludicrous. Like most things in this movie are just like so right. over the top, so ludicrous. Like um, I had another example something else movie that's like just insane. But yeah, that's the whole movie kind of is like this insane, mm -hmm. ludicrous like trip, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. I took it as like, this is crazy satire. So but if someone has a problem with it, I, you know, I'd hear them out and I can't argue with it necessarily. So, yeah. Yeah, this movie definitely treads a fine line on some of the racial and cultural things that are happening. Um, mm -hmm. Alf is another possible example. Yes. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I, I was about I, to ask that too. <laughs> yeah, I do think that um, the fact that there's a conversation afterwards with Monique's uh, or Leticia's family when they're like, why did you go on and talk about this when you could have talked about healthcare and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I, I have to take like the opportunity I have and I'm not going to get invited on Ted Koppel. And so I feel like their reaction sort of helps us understand that it's okay to laugh at oh, um, yeah, yeah. within the context of the movie. Maybe without that scene, it would have been a little bit like, mm, I don't know. But I think their discussion about it afterwards made it a little bit more like, okay, we're just sort of poking fun at ourselves a little. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I agree. the The conversation, especially after that Monique scene, does help that one. I, I still myself think it could kind of not be there at all. Sure. Oh, yeah, it doesn't yeah. necessarily add anything. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and rather than have to add anything to let you know, hey, this is just us being crazy. You know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. It's whatever. It's fine. It doesn't it doesn't really bother me that bad. But yeah, like it's just kind of it doesn't serve any purpose. It's just an extra few minutes uh but you're talking about alf yeah that's another one that yeah like that could definitely be an issue you know like he's from afghanistan he's like mm -hmm. blowing up stuff you know bomb like just the stereotypical like what americans think of you know middle eastern people are gonna do you know that's just like a, a, yeah. a bad 
racial stereotype. And I think that one might be a little harder for me to get over because there's not really any like, uh, like you said, there's that scene that kind of explains a little bit on what was going on with, you know, Letitia. But for Alf, it's just kind of like, that's just who he is. And I know they say that's how he grew up and whatever. And like, there's that kind of funny scene of him blowing himself up as a kid or whatever. Right. <laughs> Which, okay, maybe maybe that's it. But I guess you can't really like, I couldn't ever argue with someone who like did have issues with those scenes and or mm-hmm. like any of these like portrayals of people. And like, because they, I don't know that, it, like I said, I watched all these commentaries and Richard Kelly does talk about like, he, he acknowledges them. So it's, it's always weird to hear that he's seeing all the same stuff, right? Like right. He's, talking about, he's talking about subversion and like, you know, subverting these stereotypes and all that. But uh, you can say that, but it doesn't really matter if the person who's watching it doesn't get that, right? So like, that's very sure, true. You know, yeah. That, yeah. That's good that he knows it and whatever and everything, but you can't, you can't really be upset if someone else did have an issue. And, yeah. Because it, it's a serious thing, you know, so. Yeah, that one, that one actually, I think is a little, harder for you to take too i guess like the only like silver line is a weird term but like that he gives all that money to yeah. uh i guess his family or just people back at yeah, afghanistan back yeah. it's like the nice kind of note to him doing that and he, mm-hmm. he has that moment with domino you know where she's trying to take him and he's like just go it'll be okay and i love that he like waits as long as he can until mm-hmm. that the elevators yeah. fall in so i i feel like it's gonna give this like kind of heroic death but it is weird yeah had the Middle Eastern guy blow himself up. I mean, just yeah. especially like yeah. in the midst of everything that's going on at that time too. It's kind of like, right. it's like one of those the things where The timing like, of it, I could see people being like upset by that for sure. Mm-hmm. It's definitely questionable. I do think Richard Kelly was probably trying to be like, look, I'm making him like not what you expected because he's a hero, <laughs> but he's doing what right. you would expect a terrorist to do. But right. it's still pretty... Uh, it's a little murky yeah that's about like, it that i was like <laughs> if i were to go back and make this movie again i would say let's leave that part out sure give him a different backstory he could still blow stuff up but give him a different backstory. <laughs> yeah, yeah i that's think a, i think yeah. tony mentions that actually in in one of the commentaries too that, that he the only reason they even started bringing some of the bomb stuff in was something that had happened to him in real life like i guess he got stopped at the airport like whenever they were bringing him over to do the mm. movie so oh, it's like they started uh-huh. tying all this stuff but again that that's good for them, but it doesn't help the viewer because they don't know that. You know, like, right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess also it's me watching the movie. I just, it's funny because Alf doesn't have too much to do. He's kind of just like a character that's kind of there a lot of the movie. And then he gets like the yeah. big emotional beat at the end, but that emotional beat really works for me. I do love that mm-hmm. moment they have where he's, she's trying to take him and he's like, it'll be okay. Uh, and then the, the whole, like I said, the waiting until as long as he can for the elevator to get down before he actually blows up because he knows that the elevator's going to drop so it works it's like the emotional part works but i like i it is like the optics of it are just kind of oh and then they are trying to make him like the heroic guy he gave the money to his people needed it and he's trying to help his friends they do all these things but yeah i get if someone had a problem with it i would not argue really i'd be like okay fair enough fair enough so um it's the mid 2000s like i said things right weren't all (laughs) yeah yeah. so mistakes were made in the mid 2000s Mm -hmm. it's like um so it's funny i'm realizing as we go on it's like i I keep talking about all these commentary like tony 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 it's like i'm just like oh he's my buddy you know tony was just talking about (laughs) that's 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 how most of the show's gone for me i uh I started just dropping the Tony Scott. I'm like, ah, Tony said this. Tony said, that. yeah, I, I do it in tweets too. I'm like, Tony, I'm like, is my buddy, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, sometimes. No, I do I'm feel weird. weird. I just get like weirdly personal with like 
like a, I, mostly it's Tony Scott where I'm like, oh, Tony did this, Tony did that. But I'm like, I think it's fine. I feel like we've done, we've done a bunch of these. I think it's, I think it's all right. He'd appreciate it. So yeah, keeping um, his spirit alive. I think it's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Ah, I forgot. Speaking of cast, sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we, we've got to mention TK Carter, Milo from Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Nobody. Why? Uh, no. TK Carter. <laughs> He's in the movie for all of five seconds. Oh, I was like, why do I not remember this? What? Um, oh man, it's good. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what, wait, what is T? Okay, I'll look this up. T. K. Um, Carter. He's he played Milo. Did y'all not watch the Say by the, you know Good Morning Miss Bliss? This original Say by the Bell. I saw before, a little bit. Say I saw the... way more of normal Say by the Bell than Milo. Uh... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I didn't sorry. have a childhood, so. <laughs> I'm okay. sorry to say I did not watch much Saved by the Bell. <laughs> well, for all you say by the Bell, good morning, Miss Bliss fans. Yeah. Oh, speaking of quick cameras, you may you notice that Tony Scott's actual wife played the FBI agent with the short, like the shorter haircut. Oh, I yep. didn't realize that. That's that's, cool. that's his real wife. And uh he just apparently to play the part, he was like, he was like, listen, I want you to cut your hair. So he just, she was like, okay, I'll do it. Um, nice. That's yeah. cool. And uh, I had no idea until I listened to the commentary. I was like, oh, I did not notice his wife. Um, so yeah, again, down to like the smallest uh, detail in the casting. But yeah. um, so I think, I don't know, I think one thing I've always thought the movie people take exception to, like just the violence in general. Like I was thinking about the part, especially, and I was like, oh, that was more violent. I remember when uh, when uh, the, they blow the arm off in the oh back my God. of the RV. <laughs> I yes. was like, oh my God. Um, it's just, yeah, when uh Choco goes back there and just <laughs> I do, it's it's weird because it's again, it's like violence mixed with like these kind of darkly funny bits. Like the reaction of Brian Austin Green and Ian Zeering to that happening is also kind of weirdly starkly funny. Cause I mean, that'd be that would be my uh reaction. So <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um we, oh, I got to mention those guys, Brian Austin Green, Ian Ziering playing themselves. Yes, I quotes. thought they were really fun. They're good. They're funny. They're having, I think they're having a great time. I People seem to have a great time when they get to play some kind of version of themselves, but mm-hmm. it's not, you know, them. They're actually very douchey in this. And like um, their reaction when they get like put on the elevator at oh, the yeah. end is so good. <laughs> like just the relief in their faces is that's so great. I mean, that's just another thing too about like about the reality celebrity culture of this time too. Just like having them along and you know and playing themselves. I feel like it's another just addition to that whole like, yeah, we're celebrity obsessed. We're you mm-hmm. know reality show obsessed. <laughs> so, uh, but they're great. I was like, these guys are really good in this movie. <laughs> no, that, yeah, I think they're really good too. And that, that is that is kind of interesting because you know, I mean, what I'm sure they've been in stuff. I'm showing you know my lack of knowledge but i i only know them from 90210 that's all i know them too it was i know ian zeering from the sharknado movie oh i forgot he oh was that's a... right okay that's How the main forget? thing i yes. remember him from How can I forget? he was in like five sharknado movies yeah how many they made um well and i know brian austin green more for being megan fox's ex-husband you know that's, that's right. true forgot about that too wow Pre- machine gun kelly yeah it's hard to remember anything pre-machine gun kelly it's like <laughs> it's like they're <laughs> such a crazy couple it's like i forgot they were with anybody else they're drink in blood. the future time won't be like bc and ad it'll just be b m g k yeah i was talking about like pre-covid i forget about that it's just pre-machine gun kelly post-machine gun kelly. 
yes. <laughs> Megan Fox team up, uh, you know. Um, okay, anybody have We're still any- talking about cast? <laughs> I was uh, talking about Brian Green, Ian Zirian. I'm trying to think. Yeah, oh, no, was. I was going to say, because uh, we got, what's his name? You know, Tony Scott keeps using the same people all the time. You know, anytime <laughs> yeah. he can, obviously. He uh, uh, Lou Temple. Uh, Lou Temple, yeah. Yeah, Lou Temple's fantastic. Hero of Unstoppable. I was going to say, it was like the hero of Unstoppable, of course. <laughs> Dabney Coleman's great in like a small part. Oh, yeah. Like these people come in and like kill these like little parts and just, it's just like a tribute again to like, I think the casting and just them coming and doing a great job. Lucy Liu in like not a very mm-hmm. big part, but an important yeah. part. Um, oh, speaking of that, that, that kind of, I think, you know, uh, Domino had, uh, I guess, they touch on that in that one scene. She says that thing at the very end. Uh, it's my, you know, whatever you'll be dreaming of. I'm gonna, uh, are we allowed to cut? See, oh yeah, <laughs> it's my pussy you'll be dreaming of. She says yes. that to Lucy Liu, and that's like almost the only hint of her like bisexualness or anything in the movie, really. And I guess that was something that was kind of left out of the script that she had an issue with. Possibly, I don't know. There's lots of like varying stories on what she did or did not have issues with how hmm. they were portraying her yeah but it's almost I like they threw curious that in there about that because that was one of those things where i was like did they just put this in there to be like queer baby or is there like something here so you're kind of confirming i didn't realize that the real the real domino was by so yeah yeah and i i read the same thing James. you wouldn't watch the movie yeah you wouldn't yeah. really know i think i think it's in the the end of the chapter in the tony scott book where uh there was rumor domino was possibly upset that they kind of left out her bisexuality basically completely uh but the other problem with that is like that those stories kind of started coming when she was i think back into her drug addiction so they're not yeah, even yeah, sure yeah, right, that's right. Mm-hmm. true or not you know if those stories are right. true if she was mad or not mad and she was kind of acting kind of erratic around that time so it's like you know we don't know how she felt about it kind of so which is kind of definitely kind of sad and um but yeah they definitely left that out i mean it's funny they left anything out because i feel like they just were like Richard Kelly Put like, I'm putting it all yeah it is kind of weird because you were talking about you know she was having the issues with drugs and everything again uh but that that little documentary that I watched a little behind the scene you know with her uh about her the real life stuff where she was on the set with them a lot of them had even talked to her like the last day that she was alive oh. so it was real interesting because wow. like it, it's got to be more tied to her just you know having episodes of you know while she's mm-hmm. on drugs and stuff uh, where she might be like upset about things in regard to the movie and the way they're portraying her because from what everyone seems to say that she was happy about it and like ready for it and like loving it but then you know so it's, it's got to be tied to that it can't just be that she was just i mean well maybe maybe she was just completely <laughs> right. lying yeah. you know, to them all but it just seems kind of weird i don't know that's what I thought too. I was like, it sounded like it could have been uh, just with, with the drug use, like maybe her, it was kind of erratic and she was upset and mood changes, things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't really know, but um, hopefully she actually was happy with it. I don't know. Like um, she does have the the great shot at the end in front of the stratosphere. They show the real domino and then the like flaming debris falls behind her, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, it's nice ending. Have, it is a nice ending. Do you have any specific things you want to bring up i mean i again i kind of just was kind of freewheeling it here so it's just a great conversation so far i just didn't know if anything like specifically you're like i gotta bring up the scene or i gotta bring up this this fact or something well the one thing i wanted to bring up that i 
could be wrong, but I doubt either of you were going to mention. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> I steal your thunder. But I noticed at the beginning that it said the costumes were by B and it was just the letter B. So I had to look that up because I was like, that's unusual. And it turns out it's B Ackerland, who is this really well-known fashion designer, costume designer, who's done like Lady Gaga's outfits before. She famously did like the poker face one. Um, and she has been like very influential in the last 15 or 20 years, but I don't know where she was in her career when she did this movie. But it's interesting because I do feel like this movie has such a specific look and so much of that does come down to the way that they are dressed and specifically how Domino is dressed. So I have to give shout outs to the costume designer B, aka B Ackerman, because I think she did a really awesome job of like establishing the set point in time, but also making it feel like when you look back on it, it doesn't feel dated. It's still, I didn't think this was possible because I thought the fashions back then were horrendous. But <laughs> so it's like, she made it look cool somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I thought pants could not get any lower in the mid-2000s. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of my favorite things is Mickey Works shirts, like where you can yes. just kind of see his belly right there. Yeah, you know? they're a little, like, little short. A little tight. <laughs> it is funny because, yeah, I kept saying like, I feel like it's such a product of the mid-2000s. But in some ways, like you're saying, it does feel timeless in some ways. It's kind of a little bit of a magic trick where it's like, mm-hmm. it probably helps too. They were basing the story off stuff that happened, I believe, mostly in the 80s into the 90s. Like this was, she'd been, she'd done Domino and the stuff way before the real Domino. Um, it's just kind of the weird timelessness. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I'm glad you brought that up because I would not even thought to bring up about that. And I forgot it was just B. I remember being like B. Oh, wow. Like a mysterious costume yeah. designer. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's a very distinct look. Everything in the movie has a distinct look down to the the fashion. I mean, it's like, I just was appreciating like this time, like how well made this was and how like so detailed everything was. Because um, now it's like, I know I complain about this a lot, but it's like, you see a lot of movies that are like CGI, mm-hmm. muddied kind of things like in front of green screens where it's dark, but you know, this is like so all over the place. I'm actually, it's funny because I have the background, the mescaline, crash is happening right now which nice. is talk about insane visuals and it's like i was just appreciating how crazy this movie looks again how like colorful it is and like crazy and distinct and oh man i, I love this movie <laughs> so, yeah. so much fun um it's funny because you know i love the movie too and i think people do this all the time like it's like down at the bottom of my tony scott rankings but that doesn't mean anything right because <laughs> i love all of his movies right, right right so i mean people might see if i have a list and they're like well what you don't like domino or whatever and i'm like no i love domino it's just in my <laughs> ranking of tony scott there's you know all these movies i have to choose between and it's well, it gets pretty tough <laughs> yeah. understandable i think when i seen you post the list before from letterbox you might even say on letterbox like i love all of these i feel like there's some oh, yeah, caveat yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's like I love they're all, all number these. one. Yeah, they're, yeah, all, they're all. Yeah, oh, that's it. They're all, all right. number one. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I love that. That's. I mean, I love that too. It's just like I don't make me pick. I mean, uh, the funny thing I was gonna, I was gonna make you pick, but I know, I know you're number one, your personal number one. Um, I feel like I have. I, I might as well ask you now because I have to ask you. So, what, what is your favorite of the all the Tony Scott movies? Your number one of your number ones. <laughs> my number one of my number ones is Days of Thunder. Okay. Yeah. I just we, I we've got sorry. it on record. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Did you, yes. how did you take my days of thunder podcast? Cause I was not, that was a rough one for me. No. Okay. Yeah, I, I know y'all, y'all, you, you, I think you mentioned that even at the time, you know, and it was, it was still good. I, it's another one where like, 
obviously, you know, it's got issues and I, I acknowledge them. I'm not going to ever argue with someone who says they don't like Days of Thunder. Like, or I, some people are just turned off by Tom Cruise in general. Even like, you can't even, you're not going to connect with the movie if you don't like Tom Cruise. Right. He's in the movie. There's all sorts of things that you can't really argue with people about, but I love it. I mean, like I said, I, I grew up watching it. It's just, it's got a connection with me. Nostalgia plays a huge part in it. I can't disconnect that. I mean, Robert Duvall talking He's sexy pretty to great, a car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to beat. It's got a great ending. I love the stuff about the oh, ice yeah. cream. It's got, <laughs> we have an ice cream. I mean, it's got lots of great scenes. That's, that's, that's the other great. thing. It's like, I mean, to me, it's just like full of great scene after great scene after great scene after great scene. Nicole Kidman doing her original accent, maybe the last time. I mean. It's true, yeah. Until the AMC ad that just came. <laughs> Heartbreak feels good in a place that. like this. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> um, but if, if, yeah. if, if, if you wanted to say like, I hate to do those kind of things where you're like open on a technical level or like, you know, <laughs> but uh, whatever. But I, I'd probably say Crimson Tide I mean, was my favorite. Like, yeah. Cause it's a perfect movie, you know? So it's like, hmm, I can't think of anything bad about it. <laughs> That's I think I said about Crimson Tide too, where it's like, it's not my personal favorite, but I feel like it's his best made movie. Yes. From a technical standpoint. And the script is great. And everything about it is so like, just perfectly put together. The performances are, amazing like next level like two maybe the two best performances he ever got out of dakota fanning denzel and man on fire it's like but the, it's, a, it's, man it's on fire, very they're very different up there and, and honestly man on fire has been moving up kind of on my last couple i like to hear this it's, like, getting, my... <laughs> it's getting tough to you know i just and I, like you said that ending man it's every time you post it I just the tears start coming immediately like yeah. damn he did to me again uh <laughs> oh speaking of that i know that uh yes. james brought that up last time uh about you know wishing it had kind of cut right there yeah instead of going a little further uh so i had to watch it right after that right yeah, yeah. i was like oh, let me see how <laughs> i feel about that and i don't think it's as bad as he made it seem but i can definitely understand because he is right that would be perfect just to cut right there but it doesn't like do anything like it doesn't add so much. It just kind of shifts over to that, you know, that little black and white scene of him getting killed. And then it's just got the little graphic or the, you know, subtitles and that that's it. Mm -hmm. like, it's just an extra five seconds or whatever. Yeah. You know, not that <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, I can uh, definitely look past it. Yeah. It, I know what he brought up. I, I can't remember what I said, but I think it doesn't really bother me. I, if he, if it cut work, he talks about it. It's perfect too. But the other part's so quick that it, it doesn't like kill the movie for me or anything. So, um, so wait, wait, now Domino, you said it's kind of near the bottom. Do you remember exactly like what it's above or how close to the bottom it is oh, in your um, number ones of all the I, oh, Okay, so my least favorite. Do you want to know that? that? That's Revenge, and it's still my least favorite. Understandable. It's a rough, that's a rough watch. <laughs> like, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's, and I, I've watched it a couple more times recently. You know, I, I'm going to do that forever. Probably keep watching yeah. them <laughs> over and over and over and just go on. But yeah, it's, it is, it's just so so rough for me and i i just can't get over it honestly and i you know that that's just me that's fine i'm i understand it's, it's awesome but uh i got domino above spy game oof that's probably tough that's the thing is so many people are like what you got spy game so low anthony king is, is screaming right now so i know <laughs> I, I, it's, it's the same thing i know i know it's okay <laughs> it's, it's it's tough for me I mean, come on uh, that's what i'm saying this could change anything 
It's okay. <laughs> Domino, Spy Game, Taking a Pillow, One, Two, Three, The Fan, and Revenge. Those are my bottom okay. five. That's. I think that's, I mean, your bottom is like probably where a lot of people would have some of those like near the bottom, but I know you love all of them more than most people yes. in general, but um, The Fan but. is my least favorite. I know that's not popular. And like uh, Revenge is not super popular. Taking a Pillow, One, Two, Three is is definitely not like to think it's it's kind of like domino where a lot of people just don't care for it i kind of like it although i said uh, recently i saw it on a plane on a red-eye flight so i might have been kind of out of it but i was i was you need to it. watch it on a train matt That's, i know what am i doing watching it on a plane? that's your problem i know you're not watching it on a train <laughs> i'll like yes. it more on the train uh so okay so yeah so taste Hunters number one um rosalie I, your number one is true romance correct my number one is true romance. I think my number two is enemy of the state. Um, and then Domino would probably be my number three. Uh, after that, it's tough for me to shoot at the hunger too. I, <laughs> the hunger, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. It's very tough. Do you know what your least favorite Tony Scott movie is? We won't judge you. That's <laughs> no, I have to be transparent and say I haven't seen all of it. All okay. There are a few I haven't. The one that I have seen that is probably my least favorite, I'm so sorry, is Days of Thunder. No, that, that ain't, <laughs> oh, no. that's sorry, fine. <laughs> that, that I, is completely I fine. I wanted to like it, but I was like, I could just be watching Top Gun, which I like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So maybe I'll see it again at some point. And I do think still that like the racing scenes are really good, but the the dialogue and the characters I was less interested in with that one. I think I have the controversial opinion of uh, liking Days of Thunder like right above Top Gun. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because they're very similar. I mean, they're, they are. a lot of people have joked that Days of mm-hmm. Thunder is like his Top Gun remake with NASCAR. Something about Days of Thunder, I just like a little better doing kind of a similar story. And I don't know, like they're both not my favorites but I, again don't hate them they're, they're very well made um and top gun i'm starting to come around to more because once i started thinking of it oh this is like a hangout movie because i feel like yeah. not too much happens like they fly jets they hang out they play volleyball they go to the bar uh it's like you know um my yeah my bottom is still the fan domino is probably in my top five because in my top five would probably go man on fire crimson tide true romance <sighs> Maybe Domino, then Last Boy Scout, or maybe Last oh, Boy Scout, okay. then Domino. I don't know. It's tough. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah, it it's, it's very, uh, this, uh, we're making impossible choices. It's like, <laughs> yeah. um, and I, this is so funny because I think when you came into Tony Scott, it helps determine what you like for. Because I came in the Man on Fire Domino stuff, and that's my my favorite stuff is like the harder edge, more violent stuff. And you came into the Days of Thunder Top Gun era, and you like those a lot. So, and, and if you go, if you, watch man on fire domino go back to like top gun and days of thunder you're like this is the same person <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. it's, it's hard yeah. to believe it's yeah, really you, hard you'll believe. find those things in there you know you know randomly and it's, mostly it's just like some visual like aesthetics here and there but yeah i mean it's like a completely <laughs> different person i mean you know it, it it really you wouldn't ever be able to play days of thunder <laughs> and domino next to each other and say <laughs> that's the same person that directed both yeah. those movies right and, Nobody Very weird Tony Scott double. People be like, "What? I don't understand." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's so funny because he makes these like real crowd pleasers. I feel like, and it makes things are yeah. just completely like almost like they want to push away the crowd. Like revenge, um, Domino kind of. Even though I love it, uh, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I do love that we had three people that love Domino because some people don't like Dominoes. If it just come out, people like they, all three of them love Domino. <laughs> like yeah, 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 it's yeah, like yeah. who are these people? Um, People do seem to come around on it. Maybe the people just talk about it more, just the ones that like it. I don't know. But I feel like yeah. I've seen more 
positive stuff about it. Obviously, it took people a long time to come around on because, like I said, it tanked. Critics hated it. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think I even showed anybody, or I just because I feel like I'd be like, oh, watch Domino, but I can't think it ever went over well. <laughs> I think it's just yeah, yeah. That would be a tough one to to show someone. <laughs> I, they, well, I was reading, so I was looking for interviews with Richard Kelly um, to talk about this movie, and I didn't find a ton, but I did find that I guess he and Quentin did a double of this and true romance at the new Beverly at some point. Oh, and I was like, that actually kind of makes sense as a double because they're really different in a lot of ways, but there is some connective tissue there, right? Like um, it does end with, you know, a shootout in a Las <laughs> Vegas, in this case, Las Vegas, I think in that case, LA uh, hotel, high end hotel. Right. And it's about kind of the, the little people kind of getting one over on the, the people that think they know what's going on and got some scenes in elevators, right? I'm stretching a little bit, but no, yeah. <laughs> no there's, there's surface level there. and, and other stuff. Yeah. And I mean, oh, yeah. even like there's a certain nonlinear quality, I think, in true romance too. Like there's some double backs to try to see what's going on. So I do like that. And um, Richard Kelly mentioned in that screening, I guess, that he sort of wrote this movie as a sneaky tribute to true romance, which I thought was interesting. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both road movies in a sense. They I mean, are. Yeah. Half of Domino's on the road. I mean, they love stories. You know, yeah. Money, you know, trying to be passed around. Tony, Tony uh, the whole money, kind of getting the money this place and meet up people. Tony did say, I think in the commentary, that he was worried that this climax was, he was too close to repeating himself on True Because yeah, yeah, yeah. a bunch of groups showing up and having yeah. a big shootout. And he's like, oh shit, this is True Romance. Yeah. And, uh, but, and Enemy of the State. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and maybe the state. Um, but I mean, this one I feel like is so different. And last Boy Scout. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, true. Jesus. All okay. right, I'm sensing is, a theme. He likes it. It's okay. This is happening more yeah. than I've realized. But I like it. Sense. I love that trope. I mean, it's uh, people all showing up and having a big gun battle in a you know, it's like in a small space. Um, the stratosphere though is cool. a great, oh, great location. So cool. Like I. I can't remember Richard Kelly said he had it set somewhere else. And then it was Tony said he did Stratosphere, which is an amazing like visual yeah. location. And the helicopters on the outside, that visual of like the gunfire on the inside from the wow. outside. So good. And like, uh, it's an amazing climax. The way it builds up. And then even the part where they're dropping the elevator, everything is like so heightened and so dramatic. <laughs> like yeah. um, it's over the top. It's so over the top. The whole movie is over the top, which is why I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean, I think I said many times this podcast, not just about Tony Scott, but I love movies that go for it and are very over the top. And I'd rather have somebody like, like douse a movie in style <laughs> than, than kind of just be like, I made a serviceable little movie. Like, you know, I want this to, ha- I want it to be like insane. Like I would rather have a filmmaker take like an insane chance and do crazy stuff and just kind of play it safe. But you know that's probably why I enjoy it more because I'm just like oh he's going for it so hard at Domino <laughs> like yeah just a hundred percent um probably I like him as a director overall because he just was constantly doing that and uh trying new things which I mean 20 years in your career and you've had a lot of success you don't need to really do this you don't need to make yeah, Domino like sure. this um or Man on Fire Man on Fire could especially be like a very straightforward like I mean, I've seen the original Man of Fire. It's very straightforward. It's not that great. It's very boring. <laughs> like, um, and there's all these straightforward versions you could do, which would probably be fine. But it's like, but he starts pushing it so hard at this point when he doesn't need to, and he's getting older. It's I, I. That's why I love about him. He just he just kept pushing it and yeah. until the end. It's so good. So, um, 
I got, email us anything on Domino. I don't want to cut anybody well, off. You, so. I got, <laughs> yeah. Speaking on that, I, I do have, I mean, I don't want to go like darker or get too like uh, my own hypotheticals, but I was kind of thinking about this literally this last time I was watching it. You know, you're talking about him going so far. And he always talks about like, he's always pushing himself, wanting to go to the next level. You know, he's, he's never satisfied until he's doing something new, something extra. And, you know, we talked about that with Domino too. So he was like kind of connected to that, right? Well, then she ends up dying, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so this is Tony kind of doing the most Tony thing he can do, right? And like he, he mentions that he's like scared of failure, you know, blah, 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 this and that. And well, the movie was a bomb. Right. right. <laughs> Second worst box office of his career. So him doing what he wanted to do the most ended up being his worst, almost, you know, like failure in his whole life. I, I don't want to say that that played into him. You know, I, I mean, obviously he started going lesser technical wise, mm-hmm. but I, I wonder how deep it actually literally got in his mind, mm-hmm. you know, and led to where he ended up in the end, you know, I don't know, obviously, I don't, I'm not privy to any of that, you know, and, but it just got me thinking, because he does talk about, and he seems so passionate about those mm-hmm. things, that it, it could mean a lot more to him than he even lets on, right, so, like, underneath the surface, it's all, you know, just, like, eating away at him that he had done this movie, and it bombed, and it didn't work, you know, no one understood what he was doing, and, mm-hmm. You know, just let him down a dark path in his mind. Yeah. Possible. I don't know. I mean, I feel like just the fact that he kind of, he bounced back, I feel like makes me think yeah. like maybe I don't, I, he seemed like he was always moving on to the next project too. They mentioned that yeah. at some point, like I mean, he makes three movies three years in a row with the Man on Fire, Domino, Deja Vu thing. He's just like right. on to the next thing. And I don't know how much he dwelled yeah. on stuff. I, I, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if it's really that or not. I, you know, it just, but like, he also talked about repeating himself. Right. And, yeah. you know, he wanted yeah. to keep doing something new. And so like, you know, him going back word almost in my mind to Deja Vu and, you know, Pelham 123 and Unstoppable, as great as they are to me and mm-hmm. are technically awesome, in my mind, they're kind of backward movements in terms of technical and right. him pushing himself. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, I, I, I don't know. And I, I, I'm not going to just. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us got don't me know. Thinking, I, I was like, man, that would suck <laughs> if that is like what it was, man. I, yeah, yeah, I hope it's not don't. that. I, I don't know. Like, it's funny because like a lot of times he took chances in his career. They, they tended to backfire. Like right. Revenge didn't do yeah. well. True Romance didn't do well. Um, the darker stuff tended to kind of get, get him in trouble, but it didn't do as well. as like, then he goes to Crimson Tie with Bruckheimer. It does well. Doesn't have any estate with Brookheimer. It does well. Like, um, uh, you know, he does. The, he goes back to like them and does the big blockbuster and those do fine. But then he goes a little darker and it doesn't go as well. Like, I think man, that's why I like Man on Fire too because it's still very dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but it it was a, a success. You know, it worked. And uh, Domino again goes like to this crazier, I would say, darker place too, <laughs> more more cynical too, <laughs> and, right. uh, and it doesn't really work. Bombs really badly. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's like anytime he goes on the dark path, it's like yeah. people reject it and they were like, we want blockbuster Tony. We want, we want Top Gun. Yeah. Uh, well, and unstoppable. Top. I mean, unstoppable right. is huge. You know, everyone loved it. Right. Yeah. Right. Critics, and, everything. I, yeah. I felt like 
I talk about this a lot too, and I'm glad to have you here, especially like the after he dies, this whole decade we could have had a Tony Scott movie because I know he would have still been working if he could work. Um, because I think him and Ridley are very similar in that they don't stop mm-hmm. working for like anything. And I know one of the last things he was doing, and it's about to come out, weirdly enough, is Top Gun Maverick's coming out, and he was location scouting for yeah. what was then Top Gun 2, whatever they're gonna call it, uh, right before he died. And I'm like, now that you've said this, I'm like, oh, I, I'm just, oh, now I'm just, I was like, was he, was he like, oh my God, I'm retreating I'm back about to, this, to do a sequel, a to, sequel yeah. to a thing I did my like 30 movie. years ago. Well, then there's a whole thing. I don't know if we want to get this on the, on the mic because it's complicated with his death where I'm very, I've, I've read so much about him. I'm yeah. still so confused about what happened because- Yeah, hey, I am too. <laughs> okay, you're confused too. Yeah. There, there's the whole story of, that he had cancer, but it was like brain. Right. Right. And a very that. serious. That's not true. Ridley said that's not true. Ridley like, said it's not I... true. His own brother said it's not true. So yeah. I'm, but then I thought the coroner said it was true. It was the coroner said it wasn't? I can't remember. But I think the coroner also said it wasn't. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's super confusing, and it's like I don't even want to go down that path because we don't know. Yeah. Um, we do know that he killed himself, and that's mm-hmm. all we know. Really, we don't know why. And I left a note, but it's never been disclosed right. besides his family so we don't know but right. um it's still so weird to me somebody who just seemed like they loved life and adventure and thrill seeking yeah. like the cancer having cancer would make more sense for why he'd want to kill himself than sure. because he's like oh my life's gonna be over i will be able to do yeah. all this stuff i'm not gonna let i'm gonna go on my own terms but if that wasn't the case and i'm more confused of course there could right. be depression and we don't know about medicines right. he was taking all there's so much we don't know and it's so cloudy and it's so weird because i've read so much i'm like how do i still know the answer to this and i, I feel yeah. like i've read everything i can and i don't know and it's like people are conflicting reports his own brother is saying different things yeah. and i don't know it's just very tragic and it's like he's the kind of guy you would just never expect that from because everything i've read has said like this guy just loves life like he just loved going on adventures and doing stuff so um which you can usually tell in his movies it's like he just yeah. has this energy that like and that's what everyone says too. All the movies, like he had so much energy. Like um, I love the story of Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop Two when Judge Reinhold was like, they were shooting nights and they're shooting like seven p.m. to seven a.m. And when they're done, Tony's like, I'm gonna go for a jog now. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, how do you, how do you have the energy? We just yeah. shot for twelve hours. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's a bummer. It's it's actually the farther we go in the podcast, the the more bummed out I get because it has a definite end. And it's right. like, you know, we got to talk about that at some point about like when he passes away and it's just like, yeah. you start tracing somebody's life from like beginning of their career, I, even when, you know, his early life into his career, it gets sad. I'm like, oh, this is really deep, kind of depressing in a way. <laughs> like I've loved doing it, but I'm like, oh no, I'm like kind of dreading the last episode because we would talk about all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. only more Tony Scott movies. So I don't know. I don't know. I just won that long tangent. Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah, but yeah, nope. it's just weird. You get personally invested in somebody who you don't even know and mm-hmm. he's passed away. And um, I mean, clearly we, we love him. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you just reminded me of way, like way earlier when you were talking about Keira Knightley, you know, not being on the set and uh, in a bad situation or not doing the movie. And about the, mm-hmm. the, Tony Scott's one of the guys who seems to have been amazing from like all accounts you know and it's so crazy because like i don't know it just you might think from like seeing all those movies and like he's like this macho dude or whatever that he Mm. would be some like scumbag you know (laughs) even though he doesn't portray himself that way in any way but it's like it's so hard to believe that he is really or could possibly have been as good as he seemed in all his interviews (laughs) and like you know it's just like man that is awesome 
that he was you know and everyone just does seem to say that he was like yeah he knew how to work on set but was also just so good like not a bad dude right i i haven't found anything yet where anybody who worked with him said has really said anything negative like um and it's funny he he usually ran pretty tight production stuff like he kept things moving and got right. things done on time and but everyone all the actors still seem to love him like you posted plenty of clips on twitter about like people saying how much i love tony yeah. scott i mean denzel worked with him five times he clearly loved it right so, um yeah i people worked a lot, not just him multiple people came back to work with him so and it's i think i it, he came up in that era where it's like hollywood was kind of scuzzy in the yeah. 80s the excess of the 80s and even to the 90s when it's like mm-hmm. and you work with don simpson who's like right. <laughs> the most yeah. hollywood producer i've ever heard of like drove fast cars did cocaine mm-hmm. with hookers like all the stuff you would think a hollywood producer was doing and tony, and tony was around. Scott did it too you know right. he did a lot of that too that's a thing but he just i guess he kept on the up and up good. i guess yeah right nothing nothing has come out all this time that i've ever heard that yeah. was like we got to cancel him and it's just kind of amazing like the era he came he came up in like um he, i mean like stuff he did was i mean he had like an affair with um brigitte nielsen i remember i mentioned yeah. that and i was like what an insane person having an affair with stallone's <laughs> then what but your head punched off tony be careful um so, I mean, stuff that was not, you know, that's a personal matter, whatever. But not, I've never heard anything that was like, oh, he did this or that. You hear bad right, stuff right, right. all the time, uh, especially from the 80s yeah. <laughs> about right. guys doing stuff on set when they have a powerful position. So, um, yeah, it just seems like the best and uh, got nicer with age. I mean, more more empathy. It's funny we brought up revenge because, like, I hate to kill the dog in revenge. That always mm. kills me. And then Domino specifically, he went out of his way to not kill that dog at the beginning. Yep. They shoot, they were going to kill the dog. Tony's like, we're not Mm -hmm. killing the dog. We're going to change. We're going to shoot a hole in the floor and the dog's going to get through. Um, I just love, I'm seeing this like empathy as he gets older in the movies, like man on fire is clearly so empathetic, even though it's super violent. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. um, this love he has for his characters in these movies really starts to come through. I feel like there's all this like revenge and last boy scout have an even meaner edge. And I feel like he kind of gets past. I think he becomes happier in his life. He gets married, has a couple kids. You get older, mm. you calm down. But mm. it's like, um, even if they're still really violent movies, like Domino, I find them shockingly empathetic. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it definitely has a real like beating heart behind it, and yeah. <laughs> you know, both in the fact that it's a love letter to the real Domino, and the fact that you know it it is a movie that has a heroic ending to it for its characters, as flawed as they may be. Right, <laughs> for sure. Um, does anybody have anything else they want to bring up? I don't want to cut us off too soon, but I feel like. <laughs> we've covered i can't even uh, think about domino but uh, i'm one of those it's not just because of tony scott but i like beverly hills cop 2 better than beverly hills cop 1 i do too i do too so i'm that guy and you are too <laughs> i think me and anthony both feel that way when, oh yeah, uh, yeah he might have mentioned that rosalie do you have opinions on beverly hills cop 2 versus 1 <laughs> I've only seen the first one, so oh, okay. I'll get back to you. Put that on your list. I mean, it's Tony Scott, and I think it's a it's a better movie. I think because you you still have the comedy of Eddie, Eddie Murphy still really on, but I think the action's so much better because of Tony Scott. I think the mm-hmm. yeah. I think he's a better director. No, yeah, it's, I think it's just better paced overall. Like yeah, yeah. One was a, a slog the last time I rewatched it, like last year. Like I was like, wow, this is really just not moving for me. Like <laughs> obviously, yeah. that wasn't the case with two. I mean. Eddie Murphy just, I, I think last time I watched it, I was like, he really just carries movie on his back. Like he just oh, yeah. puts that first movie on his back and just like, it just carries. Like the ending's not very great if I remember right, the climax. And then like you watch two and you're like, mm. oh, we just need a better director. And it's funny because I think even you know, they were, the producers were like, we got to get somebody who can do better action for the second one. And they 
they did a great job. It's funny because Anthony just Top Gun me, guy. They get that Top Gun guy. They <laughs> just messaged me. Anthony King just messaged me and said he finally watched Beverly Hills Cop three and gave it a half star on Letterboxd. He said Oof. he hated it. Oh wow! <laughs> so the third, and I don't like the third one either. I, the third one is not great. I'm sorry to like that one, James. <laughs> I, 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 that's the one I have not revisited since I saw it. I think originally oh, okay. because I didn't like it so. Like I have that set, the three, like oh, the three yeah, yeah. Blu-ray set or whatever that they release, whatever. And uh, I've watched one and two a handful of times, and literally haven't <laughs> three is just pulled not... out that three yet. No one seems happy to be doing three. Honestly, everyone seems really yeah. miserable on three. Even Eddie Murphy is usually great, just not does not seem happy to be there. <laughs> like it's kind of miserable. If you thought one was a slog, three is like um, worse. It's it's worse. Bro. It's definitely worse. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Rosalie, any final thoughts on Domino? No, but uh, thank you so much for having us on. This was super fun to talk about with other people that love it. Um, <laughs> yes. And hopefully we'll convert a few more with this conversation. I hope so. Yeah. People need to rewatch it at least. If they watched it like 15 years ago and were like, I don't get this. Yeah, I mean, I'm again. not going to call anyone out by names, but uh, <laughs> there's people on Twitter that uh, they'd be saying lots of naughty stuff to me about Domino and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I've seen people seriously. I'm like, why would you tell this man of all people that <laughs> no, I, like, Domino's bad? Fun. Like, I, I, I just... <laughs> I think I've seen people do it to you like jokingly, like I guess you know them yeah, and you're I, like, I think hey, they do it yes. to me on purpose now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to get a rise out of me. But Oh, but... Uh, James, final thoughts on Domino? Final thoughts on Domino. Um, <laughs> arm shotgun, good. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's a trip. I, I really it makes me weirdly nostalgic and happy we're not in the mid 2000s at the same time, where I'm like, I lived through this period of culture and it's not great, but <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very specific. And uh, I want more Keanu Knightley movies, action movies. This movie's awesome. Sure. I don't get tired of this movie. I watch it so many times and I do not get sick of it at all. So good. Um, I love yeah, it. It's... I mean, I've watched it, like I said, four times in the last week. And I'm like, okay, this is, <laughs> might be my most watched movie of all time now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's wonderful. Everyone, please rewatch uh, Domino if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't want, I think Domino's garbage. Watch it again. Even if you think it's garbage, watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. You should watch it for all sorts of reasons if you think it's garbage you think it's garbage but come on man it's it's if you care about me at all watch Domino. Just for james's well-being we right Domino. for my mental health and tony scott would love it come on yeah just think about how movies don't get made like this anymore and that yeah, might make you I mean, appreciate it because <laughs> i am so i was like wow i can't believe they gave him 50 million dollars this movie 50 million dollars nice. for this crazy ass movie let him do basically what looks like whatever he wanted <laughs> like yeah. um i think there's also i heard there's a longer cut because it comes in right at two hours i think actually it's ending right now as we do this. yeah, yeah, yeah right it's a, like slightly there's a handful of deleted scenes on there and uh they talk about some of them in the commentaries and whatnot but uh, most of them are just extensions and whatnot i think there's a couple of standalone scenes of domino like getting people in some bounty hunter oh, situations uh-huh. or whatnot but like it's just it kind of just extra stuff oh yeah well i'll say uh, it ain't it ain't boring that's put on the yeah, <laughs> put on the poster that's for sure it ain't boring uh so um uh, well thank you both so much for doing this this was such a fun conversation um thanks for having me wonderful thank you yeah um i'll let you guys plug stuff people can follow you all that rosalie do you want to tell people where they can follow you and find all your your work sure So you can follow me at Rosalie Lewis on Twitter. You can also follow the podcast 
Blu-ray Boutique by going to the Twitter handle, Blu-ray Boutique. Uh, our next episode will be coming out shortly, and we're going to be talking about a couple of Pedro Almodovar films. Uh, we also recently talked about Brendan Fraser films, so we're, we're having some good times over there, so definitely check that out. And then, of course, uh, fthismovie.com is always a good place to be, especially with June's Plantation coming up next month. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very exciting. So, yeah, I can't wait for Jim's PlayStation. Very excited. I'm, I'm always excited to see. The, I'm excited, the, the but calendar. I'm also like, oh man, it's gonna be so much movies. Uh, I can't handle it. Maybe so much Prepare harder yourself. this year because I worked from home the past two June exploitations, and it was a lot easier. I'm back in the yeah. office uh, a few days a week now, and that's not fun. Um, that cuts my movie time. I don't like that. So <laughs> it's like, I'm gonna do the best damn I can this office. June. I know. Damn you. Why do I? I don't know. It's a whole, don't be, don't be start on the whole office thing, but it's like, why well, am I here? Another um, conversation. The whole other thing. But um, yes, Rosalie, thank you so much. Um, and James, where can people follow you? I think they probably, I've already figured it out, but if they haven't. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, I should probably change it. <laughs> it is, my Twitter is at TJ underscore Mackie 432, which is M-A-C-K-E-Y 432. But I mean, Hashtag Tony Scott for life. That's a f- number four L Y F E. Check it. Good. That's it. I don't write nothing. I don't, I don't, You're like, I, I just talk about Tony Scott on Twitter. I don't know what else. Yeah, to I, don't, um, I, don't I don't have an Instagram or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, but everyone should be following you on Twitter. If, I mean, I feel like they probably are, but if they're not, they should be. Um, so, yes. Uh, thank you both for our stuff. You can follow uh, me on Twitter at maplet87. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. Um, you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast, all one word. Um, if you want to email the show, if you don't have Twitter or any of that stuff, uh, you just email at thefilmfeast at gmail.com. Um, and that's everything. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>